baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. It's 9.30 in 716. A truly surreal news cycle in Washington. You had a day when the Dow and the S&P finished at record highs. And you had a day when when the Democrats delivered for the first time articles of impeachment not based on any law being broken. History making day. You know, the circus will go on. Uh, in the Senate now. With Chief Justice John Roberts presiding. He'd much rather be across the street at the Supreme Court. Uh, He was hearing cases yesterday, an oral argument. I think he's much more comfortable sitting at the Supreme Court hearing cases than sitting in front of 100 senators um, dealing with uh, an impeachment of the president. I'm Tim Wenger on 930 and 716. The impeachment of President Donald Trump is the Senate's challenge now. The trial of the House's abuse and obstruction charges getting underway with ceremonial and housekeeping matters that set up the Senate as a court of impeachment. Arguments getting underway on Tuesday. We begin with insight on the man who will lead the process, Chief Justice Roberts, who makes his way across the street from the Supreme Court to the Senate chamber. Well, my guess is he will follow the pattern of his predecessor, uh, William Rehnquist, who he clerked for when he did the he presided over William Clinton's impeachment trial. And he will try and be as nonpartisan and as non-noticeable as possible. Peter Iacobucci at SUNY Buffalo State studies all things politics and Supreme Court. I would not expect any major speeches from the Chief Justice. I would not expect him to cause any ruckus on the Senate floor. I think he's going to try and do this as quietly as possible. You know, it's it seems like that you know, in the Clinton impeachment trial, which was 21 years ago, uh, the difference is that this is much more of a contested impeachment trial. Might he not have a choice and may have to take on a maybe a more active role than he wanted? Well, he might, and it really depends on the senators. I, I think you might see some interruptions from the senators both on, on both sides of the aisle. If, if the Democrats um, are not allowed to bring forth any witnesses, I could see some Democratic senators getting upset while the process is going on. But if there are witnesses allowed, I could see Republican senators getting upset and shouting out, yelling. The way it's supposed to behave is the senators, the senators are expected to sit silently. And if there are witnesses, they are supposed to present written questions to the chief justice who will then ask the questions to the witness. That's not normal for a senator to sit silently and have to hand off questions to someone else. Yeah, I kind of think that uh, most politicians are almost incapable of uh, doing just that. So if it does become a little rowdy or if the speakers are kind of grandstanding, as politicians are known to do, uh, what do you expect uh, Roberts to kind of look like in that chair? I mean, is he going to, uh, you know, be active and saying, you know, this is overstepping what you're supposed to be doing here? Or is he maybe just going to sit back, let it happen? Will he put some earplugs in so he doesn't have to uh, hear it all? I, I think there will be a, a, a medium in that. I, I think he's going to try and walk the line of he will correct 
a senator that is clearly out of bounds, that is yelling, that is trying to interrupt the proceedings. But for mumbling, for uh, you know, a, a, a shout-out, one or two, that doesn't get the other senators riled up, I think he'll just let it go, pretend he didn't hear it. Um, he's going to be assisted by the Senate parliamentarian, who is a nonpartisan, um, uh, not elected official, who's going to be helping him on rulings, on motions. Um, but for the large part, I think he's going to try and keep it as quiet as possible. And I think both sides, whether it's Democrats or Republicans, would be hurt if they interrupt the process, because I think that makes their side look very um, petty. You know, we're starting to see some of the formalities associated with this. Yesterday, the you know our articles of impeachment that were signed by Nancy Pelosi in a you know special ceremony, and then they were walked by the House managers over to the Senate. Today, there are two things that are happening at noon: a reading of the articles into the record, and then at two, the swearing in of Chief Justice Roberts and the Senate. All senators will be sworn in. Are they they jurors, Peter? They, just like if you were on a jury, you have to be sworn in and take the oath um, to be completely non-partial and non-biased. Um, and, and this is an important ceremonial uh, duty to, to sort of get across to the senators, and the Founding Fathers wanted this to be part of that, that this is not regular operating procedure. We're not just a partisan battle here. This is supposed to be where you put aside your partisan hats and you listen to the evidence that's presented and then come to a rational decision, irrespective of party. On, you know, the scale of what a chief justice of the Supreme Court gets to do in their term, do, do you think he's looking at this as uh, sort of, a, I don't want to say an honor, maybe that's probably the wrong way of putting it, but as a cool, kind of unique um, thing that he gets to do in this position because it's only happened a couple times before in uh, history? Um, I, I think... Uh, it is certainly unique um, that he is asked to do this, um, but I think John Roberts, if he had his choice, he'd much rather be across the street at the Supreme Court. Uh, he was hearing cases yesterday, an oral argument. I think he's much more comfortable sitting at the Supreme Court hearing cases than sitting in front of 100 senators um, dealing with uh, an impeachment of the president. Peter, the House managers are serving as prosecutors, and we realized who they are yesterday. They were identified. Do they have courtroom experience? Uh, many of them do. Not all of them do, but there are seven that were appointed. Um, most of them do. Most of them have either been uh, a member of the U.S. Attorney's Office or a prosecuting attorney. Uh, all of them, except for one, I believe, has a law degree. Um, so th these individuals that have been sent over um, and, and picked by Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House, certainly know what they're doing. And in several cases, they were involved in the Clinton impeachment. And in one case, they were also involved in the Nixon impeachment. So they have history behind that they can draw on as well. Most are wondering what to expect in an impeachment trial. These don't happen every day, after all. They sort of uh, make up the rules of procedure themselves. Our legal expert, Paul Cambria, on the freeform trial that is about to unfold. You know, with that many people being so-called jurors, uh, that clearly is different. There are a number of different people who will be so-called managers. Uh, my guess is the Democratic senators, obviously, will be pushing for certain witnesses and questions and all the rest of it. There'll be a lot of posturing, a lot of speeches, 
and uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, just how it unfolds. I think the end result's pretty obvious, but, uh, you know, the circus will go on uh, in the Senate now. I mean, it's kind of going to be a spectacle, right? There, are, There's no talking in the Senate, no open talking, only written questions, and no use of cell phones. Yeah, again, they make up, you know, they make up the procedures and the rules. Um, there will be, I'm sure that there will be opportunities, uh, and they'll be taken for uh, speeches. Um, and, uh, you know, Roberts, on the other hand, uh, has the uh, opportunity to control the proceedings to a degree. It'll be interesting to see if he asserts himself there and, and keeps it from becoming just, you know, one more set of speeches. Yeah, how does uh, somebody in that position, I mean, you're the chief justice of the Supreme Court, you're probably used to a certain level of decorum, and, uh, you know, uh, I don't need to tell you, we've uh, listened to uh, all these politicians speak before and kind of go on. Uh, We saw it in the uh, hearings uh, leading up to where we've gotten so far in impeachment that they kind of just tend to go on and do their own thing and uh, talk in ways that you might not be used to in a courtroom at some point, when does Roberts go, uh, okay, that's enough here. You know, what are, are we getting down to what we're supposed to be getting down to? Yeah, well, that's, you know, that's the unanswered question at the moment as to what he's going to do, how he's going to run the proceedings. You know, recall when Rehnquist was the presiding judge for Clinton, you know, he came in and all of a sudden had a different robe with all these chevrons on the side and so on. <laughs> And it was uh, it was sort of interesting. But, yeah, talk about a difference between the Supreme Court. You know, I've argued several times before the U.S. Supreme Court, and that is about as traditional uh, and serious and staid and so on as you get. So, yeah, this will be a big shock for Roberts. Paul, how similar and how different is this going to be from the Clinton impeachment trial of 21 years ago? Well, I mean, I you know, it should be similar. Uh, uh, why wouldn't it be? I mean, that's the only precedent we have, really. A number of those senators were there and participated uh, way back then. Uh, And it should be similar, but, you know, who knows? That is kind of the big question that everybody has. Who who knows how this is going to look? Uh, But in the end, uh, you're talking about these senators being jurors, and they're going to be sworn in to be impartial jurors. I'm guessing that doesn't really mean a ton at the end, though. I mean, when you're looking for a juror, you you are looking for someone who's going to be somewhat impartial, right? Yeah. Well, that's the theory. But, you know, I've seen many cases where lawyers on both sides really aren't. They're looking for people who are going to vote their way. Uh, and I mean, that's the practical aspect of it. When you're picking a jury, you know, theoretically you want objective people. On the other hand, in reality, you're just looking for people going to vote your way. And the house managers in this case, they are, most of them are attorneys. They will be the prosecutors for this trial. Uh, that is true. But, uh, a lot of them who are attorneys are attorneys by education only and really haven't practiced uh we get a lot of that uh when somebody goes into politics it's rare that they were you know stunning trial lawyers in their career and then they became senators so i I, again i think it's 
You know, you're going to see Democrats trying to make speeches, Republicans trying to make speeches, Roberts trying to hold it all together, and in the end, you know, they'll vote by party. There'll be a couple of defectors on each side, and uh, I don't think they're going to convict him. So not exactly something you expect to be uh, shown in law classes around the country. Oh, yeah, not a chance. No, totally different world. And then there is the politics of it all, an impeachment trial in the Senate and before the court of public opinion, and likely being held at the same time the president is to deliver his State of the Union address. He's already been issued the invitation and the date set. Now, there are some people... Um, arguing that he should postpone that. The political aspect of it all with Carl Calabrese. I think that that could be a work in progress. We'll see. But knowing Donald Trump and Donald Trump's personality, you know, he's an in-your-face combatant. He may relish the opportunity to to go into the into the uh, legislative chambers and probably say something in his State of the Union message about the impeachment. Yeah, I think a lot of people would maybe expect him to want that opportunity. Looking at the impeachment trial, uh, we're kind of talking a lot about how this might look with uh, the Chief Justice John Roberts presiding and how exactly he's going to handle, you know, going from the Supreme Court, hearing, uh, you know, seasoned attorneys, hearing these, uh, you know, well thought out arguments uh, from lawyers to going and now hearing arguments amongst politicians. Um, do you think we'll see him get annoyed at all on the bench? Uh, how, how do you expect to see that? No, I, I think your previous guest hit it right on the head. I, I think he's going to follow the precedent of uh, Justice Rehnquist when he was in that role. Uh, he's going to defer a lot to the Senate. He'll, you know, he's still Chief Justice, and that comes with some a lot of prestige and authority. And, you know, if he gavels something out of order or or – reprimand someone for an outburst, which I don't think is going to happen, uh, you know, that carries weight. And, and I think they, everybody is going to attempt to be on their best behavior um, during the during the actual proceedings. When they go outside and address the television cameras, then the gloves come off. But comparing it to the, the Clinton impeachment trial, is that really fair? Because this may be a much more contested trial, right? Well, maybe. Um, remember, Bill Clinton was actually charged with breaking laws. He lost his law license over it. It was disbarred. Uh, This is the first impeachment in history, in our history, where there are no laws broken. There is no such law as obstruction of Congress. There is no such law of abuse of power. Uh, And so that is his history-making in and of itself. And by the way, I thought yesterday was a history-making day. We had Donald Trump sign a trade deal with China, which begins, and I stress the word begins, a new rebalanced relationship with the country that's going to be our biggest and strongest and most dangerous rival over the next 20 years. Um, You had a day when the Dow and the S&P finished at record highs, and you had a day when the the Democrats delivered for the first time articles of impeachment not based on any law being broken. History-making day. Perhaps a strong indication of the mood and atmosphere inside the Beltway and political vault that is Capitol Hill, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is being criticized by the White House for handing out pens that she used to sign the articles of impeachment against President Trump. Doling out signing pens on more celebratory occasions is a Washington tradition. President has done it himself. Pen recipients sometimes frame and hang them on their walls as symbols of their proximity to power. 
Pelosi signed the articles on Wednesday, handing out the black pens to the chairman and the House prosecutors who played a role in ushering the president's impeachment through the House. White House Press Secretary Stephanie Grisham says Pelosi was serving up pens on silver platters. That's 930 in 716. We're back tomorrow with another edition from the studios of WBEN Buffalo. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 